Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, it is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020. I'm sitting here again, just having my coffee, talking to you guys. Uh, again, I'm, I'm absolutely enjoying doing this every day. And please give me your feedback. Do you guys like these episodes coming out every day? I would love to know what you think of that. Either hit me on Twitter, at Mark Turk, M-E-R-K-T-U-R-C, or of course, email the show, theenthuselife at gmail.com. I would love to know your thoughts on whether you think these episodes, these little shorter bite-sized episodes coming out every day, uh, are fitting in your podcast schedule. Because that was one of the things I thought about is people, you know, you kind of get set on the shows that you listen to. And when suddenly one of those shows is putting out five episodes a week, are you even able to keep up? Like maybe this isn't the way to go um, with this show anymore. But uh, let me know. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that for sure. Um, but we got a bunch of good things to get to today. Um, some of the stories coming out yesterday I, I thought were very interesting. So let's start off with this one here. Kind of a couple quick video game stories. And the first one is that Cuphead comes out of nowhere and launched on the PlayStation 4. Now if you're not familiar with Cuphead, this was that uh, very what kind of animated 30 style that 30 style animation, uh, very hard platformer that came out exclusively on the Xbox One, but then has since come out on the PC and even on the Switch. Well, out of nowhere, dropping on the PS4. So Sony fans, you can finally get in there, play Cuphead, and if you've never played the game, man, I recommend you check it out. I mean, it is one of those just very hard platformers where you're gonna be banging your head against the wall, but when you do succeed and do get through a level or get through that part that you couldn't get through, um, you uh, will just have that just feeling of joy, kind of like you do when you play a roguelike or you're playing Dark Souls and you get past that boss because it's one of those games that you just you need to keep playing and you need to fail because you just need to get good at it. You know, it's not a game where you're kind of solving puzzles. I mean, to some extent, you almost are. You're kind of solving the... Um, I don't know, the, the pathway to kind of navigate through all the, the bullet hell happening on screen. It's almost one of those type of games. Like, you hear a lot of people talk about shmups, which a shmup is uh, like a shoot, shoot em up is what they call them. But this is like a platformer kind of mixed with that. But at points, you're just jumping all over the screen trying to avoid the many, many bullets and enemies and things coming at you. Um, but it's all wrapped around this very, very cool style. And my guess as to why we're seeing this on the PlayStation is that there's actually a Netflix series on the way that's coming to uh, Netflix, an animated series. So I think that's very cool that that's even on its way. And so the fact that now more people can play it, I think that's why they wanted to kind of get this out on the other platforms. I'm sure Microsoft only had uh, you know, that exclusive window. Obviously, like I said, it's been on Switch. I mean, hell, you could even play this in your Tesla. That, that's soak in. That's right. You can play this game if you own a Tesla in your Tesla. <laughs> so it's finally hit the PS4. It hit the Tesla first before it hit the PlayStation, which I think is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, it's out there now. Go check it out. Um, it, it's an awesome, awesome game. Uh, we also got word from Sega that Fantasy Star Online 2 is coming to Steam on August 5th, which I think is awesome. So more people are going to be able to get into that game and play it. Uh, so very, very cool. And you know what? I actually have downloaded it on my PC through the Windows Store. But just, I don't know, it, it launched very, very buggy on PC. So I've just continued to play it on my Xbox One X. But I think it coming to Steam now, I have a feeling it's going to be much more stable and uh, I may jump to the PC, I think, at that point. It's going to see um, see if that plays any better. Because in the end, they're cross-play. So it doesn't matter where you go or where you play. You're going to get it. Uh, but on August 5th as well, the Episode 4 expansion is coming out. 
Uh, episode 4 has been out, of course, in Japan for a while. And with the release here in the States, we only got Episodes 1, 2, and 3. So here now we are getting Episode 5. So with that brings new enemies, new locations. They're increasing the level cap to 80. Um, lots of big updates coming with that. It's funny, they're kind of like streamlining and, and fast laning all the uh, U.S. players to catch up to... Um, you know, to where the the Japanese servers are. I mean, originally, you know, this was announced saying, oh, we're going to get all the content. And we are, but it is going to be slowly delivered out. Well, I say slowly, and here I am talking about fast laning, but uh, much quicker than what they did in Japan. I mean, it's taken years for this content to come out over there. Here, they're just probably, you know, finalizing things, um, translating things, making sure bugs aren't there, and just having players not race right to the end. So I think it's cool that they're doing it this way, that this is kind of the the release schedule, I think, for them to put this stuff out. It um, seems to be working well. And hey, like I said, coming to Steam, I mean, that's going to make it, uh, I think, that much more popular because even though people know it's out there, the Windows Store isn't really... Uh, PC storefront that a lot of people just spend time on looking for games or Steam, you can have a game like a Fantasy Star Online 2, even though that name for many people brings with it, you know, just, just recognition. It has name recognition. There's still people who probably have never played it or never thought about the game. And suddenly now you're going to have this thing on the Steam storefront, probably front and center, and probably based on the number of people playing it, it's going to bubble up. And you're going to get a lot more players jumping in there. So I think that's really, really cool. And then, of course, that's going to all lead into the Fantasy Star Online 2 new Genesis hype, of course, which is the new game they announced at the Xbox uh, Game Showcase, kind of the, the reimagining of the original game with better graphics and much more open world. So uh, good times ahead, I think, for Fantasy Star Online 2, for sure. Now, speaking of Steam, we have an interesting quote from Gabe Newell, who is, of course, the head of Valve, the folks who own um, Steam, and, uh, you know, kind of revolutionized the PC gaming storefront, if you want to say. Because, I mean, there, believe me, there was a time when Steam didn't exist, folks. A lot of people forget that. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, when Steam first came out, like, people were so against it. Like, the fact that, what, you want me to play Half-Life 2 and I have to install this random storefront? Oh, my God, I'm boycotting Half-Life 2. And that lasted about an hour until people went out and uh, picked up the game. Which, which by the way... There's going to be some Half-Life skins in Fantasy Star Online 2. I forgot to mention that, uh, which is very, very cool. I think that they're, they're putting that in there. So we're starting to see kind of these, this newer content coming to the U.S. version. I mean, we had this uh, with their July 4th event, um, and then now suddenly we're getting this Half-Life. So for people that thought it was just going to be all the Japanese stuff, um, you know, that was kind of in the game over there. No, they're actually creating new stuff for the game, which I thought was cool. Uh, but this quote from Gabe Newell, he was doing an interview uh somewhere i don't know where this interview where he was doing this i've seen i just kind of saw the story kind of running but he sat down uh he's been in new zealand the whole time here with the covid um uh, virus happening it actually was a new zealand talk show over there and they asked him simple question this christmas playstation and xbox are both coming out with new consoles which is better now without missing a beat man didn't even take a breath he just said ah the xbox that's it that's all he said what does that mean you know, should people just take Gabe Newell's word for, for you know, the truth? Not necessarily. I think Gabe, you know, is someone who looks at it from the PC side of things. I mean, he obviously pushes the PC. They tried the Steam box, if you remember. It was kind of like this um, Steam console they tried to put out, but it was really just more of these little small PCs trying to get people into PC gaming. Those just failed miserably. Um, I think more people now have come over to the PC side of things. So, you know, the Steam boxes really didn't make sense when they even put those out. But, you know, again, I think Newell's looking at it like, hey, 
the 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 idea of what the Xbox is doing of the this subscription service and you kind of play these games across any platform I think is really where he's going in his head because he doesn't really elaborate that much on it that's pretty much just his answer um so I think you know X Microsoft's approach is kind of like the Valve's approach you know Steam as long as you got a computer that can run Steam whether it's a Mac whether it's a PC you can download it and then of course the games have to run on that platform but you know, that's that mentality. I can have my old PC that I used five years ago, download Steam on it, and then I can have my new PC or my newer PC. And then my son just got a brand new video card and, you know, he got a, a 2060 or 2070 he ended up buying. Um, and we can look at all three of those and technically I can play a game that I bought five years ago on all three of those platforms. That's the Microsoft idea. And it'll look better, of course, on the 2070. It'll look really good on my computer, not so good on the old one, but you can play it and you can run it. And so I think that's why he brought that answer up. Um, so I think anybody that's kind of running with this right now, Xbox fanboys, because I, I started seeing that yesterday, like, oh, Sony's dead. Sony's in the water. No, not at all. Like, And don't forget either that, you know, Tim Sweeney, the head of Epic, um, Epic is all in on the PlayStation 5, right? I mean, I mean, part of that is because Sony just made a giant investment into Epic Games, but you know, you have this other very PC-centric company looking at Sony saying, no, we're going to, this is where we're, we're putting our, our cars. Now you're going to see Unreal 5 games running, of course, on the Xbox Series X. That's, there's no difference there. Again, I think the idea that this console war even needs to be a thing anymore is crazy. And I, I hate to keep drumming that this week, but it just seems to be one of those things that it's just, it's on everybody's mind because that this is just the time we're in right now as we're leading up to these console launches and hell, I mean, we potentially could be less than a hundred days away from these things coming out and we still don't know information. I mean, we had, we were having this discussion in our discord the other day of like, um, we don't, we don't know dates. We don't know times or prices. We don't know, um, launch titles. There's so many unknowns and like, this is kind of crazy when you think about it. Any other time we would have known a month and a half ago, we would have known at E3, where we when these game things are coming out what what the launch titles are um where to pre-order i mean pre-orders aren't even out yet like what is that going to look like when that finally happens it's kind of crazy through all this so i'm uh a little shocked we're still at this point i think you know neither neither company really wants to come out and and put that information out there now again and i don't think anybody wants to keep blaming it on the virus but i mean is that maybe why are they just so concerned about what the launch process is going to look like like could they could they potentially not put these things into retail stores which would be a crazy thing to do but you think about it if you if you launch these in stores you're going to have lines of people congregating to buy these things like potentially we may not even see these in stores you may have to only be able to buy these online that could be why we had that story that came out i think it was last week saying that Sony, it popped up or was in the code for the PlayStation website, saying that you could only get one console per household. I honestly could see them doing that, guys. Like, this may be something that we may have to face, is that if you want a console, you can only order it online. They're going to deliver it to your house, and that's it. Like, you can't go to Walmart and get it. You can't go to Best Buy or GameStop or any of these places because, in the end, each of those stores is going to want to do their midnight launch and have you come get it. And people are going to line up and people are going to be sleeping out in front of the stores and that. And right now in this time, that's actually kind of not legal in a lot of places, right? <laughs> to congregate and, and do those. You can't have the big time square launch anymore. Um, 
kind of crazy when you think about it. I don't know. And maybe that's why we haven't gotten any of that yet. I don't know. Uh, let's shift away from video games here and talk about movies. Uh, Regal Cinemas are officially opening up on August 21st, but they're not going to require the wearing of masks during the movies. So a couple changes here coming to Regal. So number one is contactless payment. So you go in, no cash. There's going to be no cash in the drawer. You can only use your card. Um, there's going to be uh, no soda refills. So none of those self-serve stations, none of that. You buy your soda, you're done. Right there, I'm out. I can't get a refill on my soda. No, don't want that. <laughs> um, they're also going to have hand sanitizer across the whole place, of course. The employees will be wearing masks. But once you get into the theater itself, you can take your mask off. Obviously, there's going to be distancing. It didn't say anything in there that I could see where it mentions like if you you know come in with a family of five, like how that's all going to work. Um, the theater occupancy is going to be down, uh, I guess, to just 50%. So that's kind of how they're going to be able to keep distancing. And I don't know if your theaters are like mine, but our theaters have, you know, kind of the um, uh, the recliners now. So that in itself cut down the amount of seats that are in theaters. Because you see a lot of theaters now, at least around us, that do, shows will sell out because they don't have as many seats as they used to. Uh, which as a moviegoer is a good thing because you can kind of lounge out a little bit more. But the fact that then they're reducing it by 50% more... Man, that that's not a lot. Like I don't know about you guys, but my theaters are gonna be um, pretty uh, pretty slim, I think. So interesting, you know, they're doing it. Gonna be honest, I'm gonna say it again. I'm not going to the movies anytime soon. I mean, of course, we talked yesterday. September third, Tenant is coming out. I think uh, Mulan is even set to come out later on this fall. Um, but or actually, no, Mulan. We don't even have a release date for that yet, right? Um, I don't know. Still a little. Uh, iffy on whether or not we're going to be going to the movies but we may not need to go to the movies because we might be able to sit at home and see a lot of these films a lot of times we don't even go on on release days or release weekends typically those movies are like the marvel movies and star wars that's pretty much it for my family unless it's a really compelling movie or reason for us to go we don't really go on the release weekends anymore instead we wait a couple weeks go see when the crowds are a little died down uh but amc and universal have now decided to come to this deal that's kind of a, a crazy crazy deal and i'm sure we're going to start seeing this now kind of sweep through the industry where different companies will be making deals either with amc or i could see them maybe even doing it with other theaters like maybe regal kind of getting in the game but if you remember back when all this kind of started back in march the trolls movie trolls world tour uh, was put immediately onto demand well, AMC got pissed, the AMC theaters, and said, we're never going to show you any more of your Universal movies ever again in our theaters. Well, they've come to an agreement now, and now they're saying there's a 17-day window where a movie can come out in theaters. After the 17 days, they can put it out onto a video-on-demand service. And coupled in with that, AMC now uh, gets, gets some revenue from that so they're expected to get just some revenue from this on demand what that revenue sharing is we don't know and then again it makes me wonder well if amc is getting some does that mean that regal gets some or is that something they're gonna have to negotiate with each, with each individual theater but i guess the uh universal also then has the um plan to not have the movie come out in the 17 days and keep it there longer if they want to so they could potentially make it where you know, you have a movie coming out, like let's say the new Jurassic World comes out and they say, nope, we want to keep that in theaters for four weeks. We can do that. That's their prerogative, I guess. But uh, very interesting. I think, you know, I, I still kind of wonder what that revenue sharing is with 
AMC? And then again, are we going to have to negotiate with each theater? Because how is that fair that AMC is that way? But Regal, who is also a very large theater company across the country, it's just kind of a weird thing. But hey, anything as a consumer for us to be able to get it at home. We don't know prices of what those will be. If you remember, Trolls, I think was 20 bucks for a 48-hour rental of the movie. So you weren't actually buying it. But you figure, hey, 20 bucks for 48 hours, you got a family of four, you're probably already spending 40 bucks just for the tickets alone, then your concession. So at, by that point, you're probably spending 60 bucks to go to the movies. We're here, 20 bucks, you get it for two days, especially if you got kids, a movie like Trolls. Kids will, you got 48 hours, they could potentially watch that movie 24 times if they never go to sleep. And you know what? Some little kids would. I mean, those movies, <laughs> the way little kids watch movies, they just watch them over and over and over. So I could see that being very uh, cool thing as a parent. I think, you know, my kids being a little bit older, they'll watch the movie once. We'll have to probably drag them to watch the movie, depending on what it is. Uh, but uh, I think that's cool. I think it's pretty neat. And here's just a couple quotes. Uh, this one is uh, somebody from uh, Universal. They said, the uh, theatrical experience continues to be the cornerstone of our business. The partnership we forged with AMC is driven by our collective desire to ensure a thriving future for the film distribution ecosystem and to meet consumer demand with flexibility and optionality. And here's something from uh, AMC. They said, AMC enthusiastically embraces this new industry model, both because we are participating in the entirety of the economics of the new structure and because premium video on demand creates the added potential for increased movie studio profitability, which should in turn lead to the green lighting of more theatrical movies. This multi-year agreement preserves exclusivity for theatrical viewing for at least the first three weekends of a film's release, during which time a considerable majority of a movie's theatrical box office revenue typically is generated. So that's true, obviously, right? I mean, those first three weekends are the major weekends. After that point, you have new movies coming out, and of course, the people going, the numbers start to fall, which I just, what did I just tell you at the top of this? That's when we go to the movies, usually, is kind of in that beginning time, or in, uh, you know, after a few weeks. So there you go. Now, what I think is interesting is when they say, AMC enthusiastically embraces this new industry model, both because we are participating in the entirety of the economics of the new structure. So basically saying that even when they take the movie away from us, we're still making money in the whole amount of the grand scheme. That's why we're doing it. It's nothing to do with anything but that. You know it is. Uh, it's all about the money. But interesting to see, or I'm definitely interested to see if this continues on and if... Um, you know, just how it all plays out, I think, for both companies. And like I said, even for us as consumers, it's good. But I really want to know about those other theaters. How do they all kind of get a hand in this and get to kind of, I guess, play around in it? And finally today, let's talk about the Emmys. That's right. The Emmy nominations have come out. And I don't want to go through every single one of these. But first of all, uh, I think number one, Watchmen got... I think it's like 26 nominations. Incredible to see that happen. You know, you, you think about kind of that show and what people expected out of it and then how it was. I don't want to say it was the complete opposite of what people expected, but kind of the tone and the um, underlying purpose of that show um, was I, I, just awesome. I think a lot of people didn't expect it to be about what it was about. And um, it really hit a lot of people, especially just kind of in the time we're living in right now. You kind of think about like what the original... Watchmen graphic novel did in terms of releasing during the Cold War and kind of hitting on all those notes of, of our culture and that. And that's kind of what the Watchmen did when it comes to like racism and things like that. Like it really dove deep into some of those things and um, kind of told people about a time in our history that is kind of forgotten and kind of kind of revealed a very dark moment for America 
uh, kind of within that show. So I don't want to spoil anything about it, but if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. And I think definitely the nominations were uh, well, well deserved. Um, I think for for the show, which is um, just fantastic. Um, also, kind of out of nowhere, The Mandalorian gets nominated, and for all shows, it gets nominated for outstanding drama series. What? Like, I never, never even crossed my mind that we would possibly see The Mandalorian be an Emmy-nominated show, and it is. Like, I almost wonder if it's actually the story, or is it more just kind of the production of the show? Like, if if you haven't watched kind of the the behind-the-scenes on The Mandalorian, it's a great, great show. It's up on uh, Disney+. Plus. I forget the name of it or what they they call it but it kind of shows you how they created it and and use like unreal engine and all these things for the backgrounds and all that and i wonder if it's so much that but i think this nomination like just being outstanding drama series is more about the show like the story of the show um and maybe it's because the mandalorian just captivated so many people um in terms of who is this child who is the baby yoda like all of that um you know, and, and the fact that you can have a series where you have a man behind a mask who's essentially faceless with no facial expert or, uh, you know, expressions. Um, it's crazy. Kind of crazy to me. And, and hey, as a Star Wars fan, I'll take it. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to win. I'm sure Ozark or I'm even looking The Crown is on there. Handmaid's Tale, Successions, which seems to be have done fantastic here kind of through these Emmy nominations. Uh, I'm sure we'll be the ones winning, but... Um, I don't know. I just love that, that we can now say the Emmy nominated Mandalorian or anybody that was in it. I mean, even, I I even think about my fellow 501st members, you know, that they now can say I was in an Emmy nominated series, drama series. That's crazy that they just volunteered on, you know, a weekend to go be in a couple of shots for this awesome Star Wars show, which in itself should be enough. Nope. Now they can say they're officially in an Emmy nominated series. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, This is one of those times that I actually kind of miss Chris here being on the show because him and I would kind of go through all of these. I'm not going to do that. Um, You know, maybe when these actually come out and and the winners are announced after the awards show, maybe I'll get Chris on and we'll kind of go dig through some of these. Um, But uh, I just, again, think it's fantastic that we have The Mandalorian now an Emmy nominated series. Well, that's going to do it for me, guys, today. I hope uh, you enjoyed the show. Hope you have a good rest of your day. And hey, like I said at the top of the show, um, hit me up on Twitter at MarkTurk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And of course, email me, theenthusedlife at gmail.com. Any feedback here, any topics you want me to talk about, anything, anybody you think I should interview. And uh, hey, if you just want to give me a, a shout out, just, you know, email me here and I can read that here on the show. And uh, also, don't forget, we do have our Patreon. So if you would like to support the show, you can find information down in the show notes. That'll get you exclusive access to our patron-only Discord and, of course, our uh, patron episode where you'll get to hear it first. You can provide content for that and potentially be a guest on that show. And you're going to hear our most, our most recent one this weekend. I'm going to put that out here in just the regular feed. So you'll be hitting... Uh, getting that into your feed as well this weekend. So again, everybody, thank you as always for making me a part of your day. And until next time, we'll catch you later.